Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. to Out of the Blue on 3CR. Welcome to the show today. You are listening to 855am on your radio dial. You may also be listening online at 3cr.org.au forward slash Radio Blue. Or there's a chance you're podcasting our show as we have been podcasting most of the Out of the Blue shows this year. And we have just uploaded a few shows that were missing. So make sure you jump online and check out those. Well, my name is Heather. I am flying solo today because Erin, my usual co-host, has decided to go to Thailand for a wedding. Uh, Not his own, a family relation or something, Um, but decided to leave me solo. So he obviously trusted my skills here at the show. Um, So what we're going to be doing today is chatting about a conference that I attended this week up in Sydney and also talk about a few events that are coming up here in Melbourne in the next couple of weeks. Tune in, dig deep and clean up by purchasing some fantastic discounted gardening books from 3CR's online garden store. We have books on water-wise gardening, organic vegetables, roses, climbers and creepers and even clematis. It's easy. Just go to our website, 3cr.org.au and follow the links on the front page. Don't have internet access? Call the station during business hours between 9 and 5 and we'll post out a catalogue in the mail. All proceeds help keep Melbourne's favourite gardening show on air for another year. Tune in 7.30am every Sunday morning. All right, now before we start today's show, a quick apology to Earth's Matters. There appears to have been a bit of a problem with their recording for this week's show, so apologies for anyone who had tuned in to listen at 11am. Hopefully we'll be able to get that sorted and it'll be online shortly. 
So a couple of events that are coming up around Melbourne related to our beautiful marine environment. Um, On November 17th, so Friday, November 17th at 6pm at RMIT University, the Australian Marine Sciences Association of Victoria is proudly presenting their Showcasing Victoria's Marine Science public event. Now, I've attended this for the last couple of years. It is an amazing night and they do have some pretty inspirational talkers lined up for this year. And uh, they're going to be talking about a huge variety of topics ranging from deep sea discoveries off the east coast of Australia, um, citizen science, which we have discussed a couple of times on the show, which is obviously really important to getting public involved in scientific discoveries, Um, looking at some new monitoring technologies and also talking about natural um, coastal protection and what we can do to try and help preserve those environments. So to get your tickets, we will put a link online on our Facebook page. Just head to Facebook and search for Out of the Blue on 3CR. Uh, tickets are either 8 to $10 and are limited, so you will need to book ahead of time. So we'll make sure we put that up at the end of today's show. Now, we also have uh, another event that's coming up. It's coming up on Saturday, the 2nd of December. A little bit different to uh, learning about the marine environment. It's actually going for a world book, uh, a Guinness World Record attempt, and it's the longest chain of scuba divers. Now, tickets can be purchased online to attend this event. It is going to be happening down at Rye Pier. And I was on the Facebook page the other day, and people have expressed their concerns about having that sheer number of divers at the pier and the impact that may have on the sediment. And they are going to be addressing that and making sure that it's a minimal impact possible. But it is a record attempt, so it's going to be looking at the longest chain of scuba divers, which currently stands at 308 divers. Now, if you want to be part of the event, as I said, you will need to register so that they know how many people to expect. Obviously, if you need to hire gear, you might want to organise that sooner rather than later because I imagine lots of dive shocks are going to be involved with this. And if the weather is absolutely shocking on September, sorry, on Saturday the 2nd of December, there is a reserve date on Saturday the 9th of December. So if you really, really want to be involved, you might want to keep both of those dates free. Now, I mentioned that I had recently attended a conference up in Sydney. It was called the Beyond Plastic Pollution Conference. And it was organised by the Boomerang Alliance and it ran from October 30th to November 1st in Darling Harbour in sunny Sydney. Well, it was kind of sunny until Monday when the weather turned. Um, So Boomerang Alliance started in 2003 with a group of passionate people who began to campaign for a container deposit scheme across Australia and decided to create an alliance amongst all sorts of environmental groups from surfers to recyclers, cleanup groups, neighbourhood groups to give the local communities power and influence as they struggled with this massive amount of waste and resources that are polluting our playgrounds, parks, rivers, beaches. So Boomerang Alliance grew from nine groups and now comprises of 47 national, state and local allies, which is absolutely incredible. Um, It's managed by the Total Environment Centre, which provides campaign capacity and strategy to help these groups. And those allies can be involved as much or as little as they want and they can gain support for any campaigns they choose to run. Now, just 
some of the allies, and I have to emphasize this is just some because there is a huge number on the website, and I'll put up a link to the website after the show. Um, but allies include the Australian Marine Conservation Society, Beach Patrol, Boomerang Bags, Clean Up Australia, Environment Victoria, Friends of the Earth, Greenpeace, Plastic Bag Free Victoria, Plastic uh, Free July, Project Aware Foundation, Sea Life Trust, Sea Shepherd, Take Three, Tangaroa Blue and Two Hands, just to name a few. Now, first off, I think it's really important to congratulate uh, Jeff Angel from the Boomerang Alliance and his incredible team. The conference was a huge success. Um, As somebody who was there a lot from a personal interest point of view, but also representing um, the Gould League, who has been around since 1909 looking at conservation and recycling and worm farms, um, I was absolutely blown away by the passion that was in that room. Everyone was just there for the greater good Everybody wants to be out there making their own impact on the environment. And look, because there was so much passion in the room, it did did get a little heated at times. Um, There are a few people who obviously had conflicting views on what other people were presenting. But I think it was important that everyone was really respectful of each opinion and didn't necessarily attack the person with the opinion, but provided a different point of view to what was being offered. So one of the things that they looked at was there is a a waste hierarchy and all the presentations, and I'll be giving a very brief synopsis of that um, because it was a lot to take on board in two and a half days. The waste hierarchy looks at different, I, I guess, different ways we can deal with waste and the different ways that we should be dealing with particular waste. So the hierarchy, obviously, step number one is prevention. You want to be prevent, preventing waste in the first place. And there was a lot of talk about packaging. There was a lot of talk about plastic, obviously being the Beyond Plastic Pollution Conference. Um, And there was a lot of talk of, you know, do we need to be using plastic or are there other options? After prevention, we've got minimization. You want to minimize the amount of waste you are creating, which makes sense. Reuse. You want to reuse any packaging or any waste that has been created And then comes recycling. And I think one of the problems is people get fixated on recycling. They're like, you know what? I'm doing the right thing. It's going in the recycle bin. But it's really quite far down the hierarchy. You really want to be doing things before you have to look at recycling. Recycling takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of resources to recycle things. So you want to be looking at prevention, minimization and reuse before you get to that recycle. And I think there were some people at the conference who were still set on the idea of recycling being the best option. But then we had some industry leaders who were saying, you know what, we realise people think recycling is the be all and end all. So we're going to try and reduce and minimise what we're creating to help people realise recycling isn't the best option. After recycling, you then have energy recovery. So this might be uh, whether you're burning something to create energy out of that to try and regain any energy or resource left in that product. And finally, disposal, our horrible landfills. So this conference focused on, on many different parts along this chain. And there were a couple of quotes that really sort of struck me. Um, one of them was from Annie Leonard. Um, who's the executive director of Greenpeace USA. And somebody put up her quote on a a presentation and it really just, it hit me. There is no such thing as a way. 
So we put things in our recycle bin. We put things in our rubbish bin and they go away. But there is no way. As I say over and over again, every piece of plastic that has ever been created is still on this planet. It does not go away. But then there was another quote that got me thinking too. If we measure it, we can manage it. So, okay, we realise that this plastic is never going away. But if we can measure the plastic, then we can learn to manage that plastic as well. And one of the other things that I guess people focused on too was the fact that terminology has changed and that can really consume, you know, confuse people who are just your everyday layperson who wants to be environmental but is getting quite confused. So initially we used to talk about marine debris. Debris, it's in the marine environment. We then moved on to plastic pollution when we discovered that most of this debris was plastic. Now we've moved on to mismanaged waste. Now, mismanaged waste sounds a lot more technical. It sounds like it's more of an industry problem rather than an everyday person problem. And that's what we were looking at. We're looking at why isn't industry taking more responsibility for the waste that they're creating? One of the obvious points that was addressed is the fact that areas with less poverty, more jobs and higher education experience less pollution. So the people in our communities who are disadvantaged, who experience a higher level of poverty, have a higher degree of unemployment and have less op- education opportunities, experience a far higher level of pollution. And these people have been shown to be less likely to recycle. One of the take-home messages was that we need to make sure that plastic as a resource has a value in our community. If it has a value, people will treat it better. People will be more likely to recycle. People will be more likely to make sure that they're disposing of things in the appropriate way if plastic has a value rather than being this single-use item that we're more than happy to just discard. Well, that's a lot to take in first off. Um, So we're going to go to a quick song and then I'm going to take you very briefly through some of the presentations that happened throughout those two and a half days and end with the disappointing fact that the three politicians who were due to attend the conference unfortunately were unable to make it, which may or may not indicate their level of commitment to plastic pollution. I gave all my oxygen to people that could breathe I gave away my money and now we don't even speak I drove miles and miles, but would you do the same for me? Honestly Well, that was Save Myself by Ed Sheeran and you're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR on 855 AM. Now, that song really speaks to me because... It makes me think that if I want to change people's opinion on plastic pollution and recycling and not bombard them with facts and terrify them, um, I really have to make sure that I'm doing the best practice that I can. So by attending the Beyond Plastic Pollution Conference in Sydney, I discovered there's a lot of little things that I can change. But there were some amazing scientists there giving us the most incredible facts. And look, a lot of them we've heard before. It's, you know, the millions of tonnes of clothing. It's the millions of tonnes of plastic that ends up in the ocean. But what I want to try and focus on are some of the positives that are being made. 
because people begin to switch off if all they hear is negative. But if you can show them some positives and some little things that people are doing, people begin to see that there is hope. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. So we heard first off on day one, there was a talk from the CSIRO. And the thing that I really took out of here was there were two major things. Ghana has actually banned thin plastic bags. Now, I talked about how sometimes you need to show that something has a value. In this situation, their value is human life. So they've banned thin plastic bags because it was found that they were the sole reason for the blocked drains that caused major flooding, which killed 11 people. And the government decided, you know what? That's not acceptable. We can't be having plastic waste more important than human life. That was just astounding, horrible that people lost their lives because of plastic pollution. And we do seem to value our lives higher than all other things, which I can completely appreciate. But in this situation, the government made a stand. There's also a situation in Jakarta where they have a lot of um, canals and waterways and they were chocked, absolutely chock-a-block full of plastic, whether it was plastic bottles, plastic bags, other random plastic packaging. And I'll try and find the, um, the photos online and post them on our Facebook page. But they managed to completely clear the canal of plastic rubbish in four or five months. The community took ownership. They realized that their environment was much nicer because of it. And there was even small little changes that they hadn't even factored in. So if you've got a lot of plastic pollution around, that can gather water. If you've harnessed water in plastic pollution, then you can breed mosquitoes. And suddenly you've got another problem for human health. So what they're managing in Indonesia gets better though. So there is a section of road and I can't remember exactly where it is, but what they have done is they've taken their local plastic, which is a major problem, and they don't know what to do with it. It's building up more and more and more each year. And they've made plastic tar roads. So they use about 6 to 8% of plastic, mix it in with the asphalt. It actually saves 10% on production costs. The road stability and dura- durability is increased by 40%. And they were inspired by something India was doing. We're looking at countries that are developing And already they've found much better uses for their plastic than some of our developed nations. Now, what they stated really clearly, though, for this particular project in Indonesia is the motivation is just to use up the current plastic stocks. Once those plastic stocks are gone, they will go back to their regular road use. So it is only in place to use up a problem waste material that is present currently. So they're monitoring very carefully to ensure that there's no increase in plastic debris just because people realise that their plastic is being used somewhere else. Now, we got a fact from Hayley Clark from Onya, and I use her produce bags. They are absolutely fantastic, made out of recycled plastic bottles. One trillion plastic bags are used per year for 12 minutes. Now, what they've been doing is using 100% recycled products, which would have reached their end life. And this was talked about a lot, the end life, where a product goes to landfill. There's no other plan for it. And they've been working with TerraCycle to use these plastic bottles to create their produce bags. Now, somebody asked Hayley, um, a fairy, so it was one of the gentlemen from Two Hands, um, asked Hayley, well, what do you do when plastic 
bottles are no longer a problem. And she said, that's fine. We've already got things in place to use hemp. So you go back to the natural products to make those produce bags. There was a lot of talk of a circular economy and product stewardship and extended producer responsibilities. So ensuring that if a company produces a product, they have to be willing to see that product through to the end. So making products that can be dismantled and small parts can be changed if there's a problem. I know that recently, about a year ago, I went looking for a new mobile phone. Trying to find a mobile that you can take the battery out of took a lot of effort. The guy at JB was very helpful but couldn't understand why I didn't want to go with an Apple product. And I explained simply that phone plans usually go for two years. Battery life is generally one year or at least that's the warranty. So I want a product that I can just take the battery out of myself. It means I'm more likely to hang on to that phone because I can make those changes myself. I don't have to rely on paying a company to fix it for me. One of the things that was also mentioned, though, is the fact that there's a lot of greenwashing out there. We've got a lot of companies that are going out there and making a new product to replace plastic. Now, plastic has been around since the 60s. We're aware of a lot of the chemical processes of plastic. We're aware of what goes into them. But some of these new chemicals that are being created to replace plastic, there hasn't been that rigorous testing because they're only new. And they're being sent straight out onto the market because people know that plastic is bad. But what we're not considering is in the future, this product could be just as bad, if not worse, than the plastic that it was replacing in the first place. If you look at asbestos, asbestos was meant to be absolutely incredible. And it was only years and years down the track that we discovered how harmful this product actually was. But the thing that surprised me the most out of all the problems that we have and the things that we're banning, Victoria is now banning the plastic bags, but bringing in thicker ones. And Erin and I have discussed this and we're not exactly keen for this. Um, Queensland, New South Wales, bringing in cash for container schemes that has been proven around the world to reduce the number of plastic bottles entering the environment. We're banning straws. We're banning microbeads. But as Dr, I think it was Mark Brown from the University of New South Wales told us that the largest polluter of our environments are microfibers. Those microfibers are coming from our clothing every time we wash our clothes. Anything that has a synthetic synthetic polymer within that clothing will be reducing will be producing microfibers that head out into our oceans. Now that was something that really struck me because I thought about the clothing in my wardrobe and while I try and go natural fibers where I can, I do like to travel a lot and from a convenience of quick dry and durability, a lot of my clothing has uh, has polymers in it. So it's definitely something that having returned from Sydney, I'm going to be taking a really close look at to see if there's ways that I can reduce my impact. Because as Ed Sheeran said, I think I have to save myself before I can go and help other people with their environmental journeys. Well, unfortunately, that brings us to the end of our show for this week. There is a lot to take on board from the Beyond Plastic Pollution Conference. I'm going to be posting a lot of info on our Facebook page. So jump onto Facebook and search for Out of the Blue on 3CR. If you've got any questions, feel free to post them on there. If there's anything you want to know about 
send us an email as well at outoftheblue3cr at gmail.com. We're always happy to investigate anything you might want to know about the marine environment and anything we might be able to help you with. Otherwise, it looks like it's going to be a partially sunny day. So if you've got a chance, head out there into the wild, go and explore our marine environment. Um, But if you decide not to head out, that's all right, because coming up next is Out of the Pan with Sally. So enjoy the rest of your day and we'll speak to you again next week. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.